listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions 2019. I am Barnabas. And I am Samael. Welcome to episode 43, Think Outside the Box. This means two things. You'll find out in a little bit what that means. But uh, it is the new year now, 2019. Uh, 2018 was pretty good for horror, at least I think. Um, we just gave our like top tens. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check out episode 42. Yeah. We both agreed that summer of 84 was the horror movie of 2018. And I still stick with that. I haven't seen a better movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. I haven't watched everything that came out, but out of everything I've seen, I I liked it the most. I finally got down to watching Mandy. Yeah. And I still liked summer of 84 a lot better. Yeah. I mean, me too. It was only like my number, uh, I don't remember five, I think. Five, five or six or something. Yeah. So I mean I really liked it, but it wasn't my favorite. But uh yeah, I mean it's a new year now. We've got a whole new slate of horror films that are gonna be coming out this year. Are there any particularly that you're interested for? Ooh, the it chapter two. That's the one I'm the most excited for this Same. year. And us. Yeah. Those are like my top two. Same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of really cool ones coming out. We're actually going to be discussing this new year in horror next week, but this week's episode is going to focus on perhaps the the first big horror smash hit at the box office, Escape Room. We're going to be giving you our complete review. Well, our our, our initial thoughts, at least. We don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah, we're not going to get into detail about the plot or anything. We're just going to discuss, like, the I guess the technical aspects of it. And then uh, later on, after that, we're going to talk about probably still the hypest movie out right now, Bird Box. Oh, Lord. Yep. We've got a lot to say about that, I'm sure, just as everybody does, apparently. Uh, but we're going to get to that in uh, just a little bit. And of course, we can't forget to give a shout out to the people who started all, Sports Radio Detroit. Yes, yes. And you can find them on twitter facebook and instagram that's srd sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio get that shit right so go check them out we're gonna start off as always with the news so uh a little light you know the holidays and everything but this first article was about something that i was actually really interested in so there was this little horror movie called one cut of the dead and the whole gimmick behind this movie is that it centers on a film crew who are shooting a really low budget like indie zombie movie so it is zombies but it does look really cool the thing is you know this was kind of meta in that way this film crew then gets attacked by real zombies and then the whole gimmick is that the whole movie is supposed to be like one shot how old is this this just came out last year oh shit yeah so there's a bootleg out yeah so basically what happened was the movie went through the whole festival circuit and it was really loved in the festival circuit. And then 
there were like you know they were trying to obtain distribution rights and everything uh it is going to be out in the uk i think it actually already premiered in theaters but uh there was a version that popped up on amazon over the holidays but apparently it wasn't legitimate someone just fucking uploaded it randomly they had to remove it super fast and now there's even talks about the movie potentially not even being able to be released in america holy shit yeah so uh we don't really know a whole lot more than that but a lot of people really love this movie i was super hype about this movie i actually saw it on amazon but i didn't watch it because i was like okay i'll save this for like you know the weekend or something and then it got pulled and i was like what the fuck happened damn mm-hmm. so some asshole illegally uploaded it and now it's gone and now like we may not even be able to see it i could probably find it you know me i can find any movie yeah uh, but you know i mean this this whole article is, raises the issue of piracy and things like that and i mean as a filmmaker i want to support other filmmakers and especially like you know indie horror filmmakers and everything and i was really ready to watch it on amazon i'm glad i didn't now um because if it was just normally uploaded i would have been happy but the fact that someone basically stole the movie and uploaded it without the filmmaker's permission like i don't know that's a low blow to me see i told you i could find it i just found the blu-ray on ebay apparently it's on there uh but i don't really trust ebay with things like that because there's no like official official release of it here in the u.s as far as i know so i don't know but anyway it's a kind of a shitty situation if you were excited about the movie i guess just keep an eye out i mean we'll update you guys if there's any more news as far as i know right now uk is going to be able uh to get the movie but that's all i know so let's move on uh the next article here is about another remake that i actually didn't know about but was apparently announced prior to to me finding out today but jacob's ladder is supposed to be getting oh yeah i i heard that like i think like recently too before the you know yeah you made the outline like i don't know what do you think is going to happen with that well so this this article is really only mentioning that um the movie is delayed or the the release is delayed and it says later this year because it was apparently supposed to come out uh i think in like february or something february 1st but now it's delayed indefinitely so damn yeah i mean what are you gonna do uh but i don't know about the remake i mean i don't think it need to be remade like this is one of those horror movies that i feel like you can just kind of leave it alone you could because like it was great so period like you don't need to touch it yeah so was Halloween. I don't know why they ever, why Rob Zombie ever touched it. All right, it's 2019 now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know, I know. No, I, I, I understand. I can completely. This one, I mean, th- this one didn't even like spawn a franchise or anything. Like Halloween, I do understand. It spawned this huge franchise. It's a money making machine. Jacob's Ladder, not really. Like probably, you know, some small percentage of the horror community like likes this movie a lot, and then like that's about it. I don't know. I guess they can make it more modern. I guess, or yeah. I I think nowadays, especially with like psychological movies like The Babadook and shit, like this one would probably gain popularity, but it not that much. You know, like mm-hmm. pro- like like you said, the diehard fans would be like, "Whoa, Jacob's Ladder," yeah. and then they would hate it because they 
they're only fans of the original movie so and the thing is like there's that small percentage and then like pretty much everybody else doesn't even know this movie exists yeah you know so i mean it's different with like halloween because someone could have been like oh well i've never seen halloween before uh but they probably know about it you know nobody really knows about jacob's ladder that much like outside of the film or horror community so and if you've never seen halloween you're a piece of shit agreed yeah but uh that's that's what's happening i guess if we have any more updates on the new release date for the jacob's ladder remake we'll let you guys know the final article is about castle rock now uh, apparently season two production has been set for march of this year which means that we could very well possibly see uh it come out later this year like around fall or something so that's pretty cool i'm excited about it because you know we recently got through all of castle rock and i like the show so i'm pretty pumped for season two i just like recently found out who the kid is oh yeah yeah in the last episode yeah, 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 yeah I forgot. okay <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't know. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna catch." I haven't watched Castle Rock. Like, I didn't finish it. Like all of it. Like, mm-hmm. er, you know, earlier, like when we started watching it. But I was like, "Fuck it!" You know, let me see what's up. Yeah, man. it got real weird at the end, but I was still kind of confused. I thought he was gonna be like Pennywise or some shit. Yeah. But no. No, they took an entirely different approach. But I feel like there's still like a lot of mysteries about the kid. Oh yeah. So. But, you know, it's supposed to be like an anthology thing. So season two is not going to be like the same story. But there are people that still think that the kid is going to be involved somehow. Or maybe they'll like make allusions to him or something. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's an interesting thought. Because, like I said, there were, I feel like there are a lot of things that are still like unsolved in season one of the show. Uh, so it'd be cool to kind of see some references. But I have no idea what season two is going to be about uh but they're starting production in march so we might be able to find out you know in just a few months all right so let's uh give you guys some new trailer announcements there's actually been a ton of trailers coming out recently so i just picked kind of the three that struck me as the most relevant and interesting uh the first one is for a show that when i was a kid i fucking loved it yeah i did too ripley's believe it or not they have all these fucking people look he has a removable thumb or something you know like (laughs) yeah just the like the craziest shit that like no normal human being can do that's these fucking mutants man yeah for real (laughs) but uh the apparently a new season of the show is coming out and none other than bruce campbell is reported to be starring as like the host good he's uh he's pretty much my favorite horror actor i love the guy i'm excited he's doing it i'm not excited that there isn't any more ash versus evil dead but uh this show is sweet and i think he's gonna make a great host at least we still have stan against evil that's true yeah that's true which is an amazing fucking show yeah i just started the fucking uh second season nice i actually did kind of stop watching it during the third season just because i don't know there were like a bunch of other shows i wanted to watch and season three after a while it just kind of got like too over the top like campy for me oh really yeah sort of but i don't know i might still try to finish that season but they're petitioning for uh season four to like happen because apparent i don't know apparently they may not have like gotten a you know renewal or something oh shit i have no idea but yeah if you're a fan of the show go support that i guess (laughs) but yeah ripley's believe it or not 
coming out this year. There's no like set day or month or anything yet. Uh, the next trailer, apparently, the, I don't know what's going on with it, but the 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 haunting of Sharon Tate, starring none other than Hillary Duff, dropped a trailer and then subsequently like disappeared after like a day or two. Yeah, we just tried to look for it on YouTube, couldn't mm-hmm. find it. It was going around on social media for a while. And then I actually saw it on YouTube through Bloody Disgusting, like when it dropped. But they removed it for some reason. I don't know why. And honestly, I watched it. You haven't seen it yet. I didn't think it looked very good. Really? Yeah, no. Uh, It's kind of cool to see Hilary Duff back in something, but the movie just not look good. First of all, what does the title imply to you that this movie is going to be? Like a paranormal movie. And it does not look like that at all. Yeah, I heard Sharon Tate was an actual person, like... Oh, yeah, dude. She was there was like, like a whole bunch of murders and stuff. Yeah, the Manson murders. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're already making an entirely other movie about that exact scenario, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, wow. Which is weird that they're releasing this movie, I guess, but whatever. But it's not a paranormal movie. At least it doesn't seem that way. It just seems like kind of The Strangers, you know, which was inspired, I guess, by the Manson murders, but... They should just take out The Haunting of and then Tate yeah. and then just name the movie Sharon. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what this whole Haunting of shit is, but it implies a completely different movie. And if you have anybody going into this thinking that they're going to see Sharon Tate fighting off ghosts, you're going to be disappointed. But the movie didn't look that good. Apart from Hilary Duff, the acting looked meh. And it just kind of looked like a typical home invasion movie. But... I guess if you want to check it out, it is releasing sometime this year. There's no official date. Finally, we have Horror Noir, a history of black horror. So this is an original documentary that's released exclusively by Shudder. And it's coming February 7th, 2019. And just as the title implies, it's going to be a history of uh, black people in horror movies. And this actually looked really good. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one. Yeah, I always love horror documentaries. I love the Freddy documentary, the Jason one, the Michael one. And now we just have one about black people in horror. So I'm I'm interested in seeing like like the evolution of like the African-American character in horror movies mm-hmm. and like how it changed, like they said in the trailer, from white people playing black people to like black people becoming like the heroes of these movies, mm-hmm. like the dude from Get Out yeah. or as you mentioned, you know, guy from night of the living dead and also buster rhymes from halloween resurrection (laughs) (laughs) no that is true they were also alluding to like you know when i guess in the 80s and stuff like when black people would always die first in slasher movies and things like that yeah it's it's gonna be cool i think to to see that in documentary form with guests such as tony todd uh jordan peele and and numerous other ones I, i didn't recognize a few of them but there are a lot of stars that are going to be interviewed in this. So I'm really excited about that. They're going to be talking about like Night of Living Dead, Blackula, all those black exploitation movies, uh, stuff like that. There was a scene from Scream in it as well. Oh, yeah, the second one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pumped for this. And this is like a topic that is not actually discussed like super often. You know, usually it's just like in joking when you talk about, you know, black people dying first or whatever, like actually running away from the killers and, you know, shit like that. But... There hasn't really been like a ton of stuff about 
like black people in horror movies. No, there hasn't, and there needs to be. Yeah. So because I mean, I I feel like that realm is kind of like unexplored. Like you said, you hear people talk about it. Like there's never actually been like a sit down and a discussion about mm-hmm. it. Like, hey, the fuck is up with this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, as as white men, I mean, we don't really know like exact like intimately that subject either so i mean yeah i'm I'm pumped to to watch it i want to see all the interviews with everybody especially tony todd and jordan peele yeah honestly i'm pumped i haven't heard from tony todd in a minute Mm -hmm. i think the last the most recent movie i saw him in was hatchet yeah Uh, he's been in like some other low-key like indie stuff i think but uh hatchet was like the last big thing i think he was in yeah and he actually did express some interest in being part of uh jordan peele's Candyman in some way but i don't think he's going to be playing he, he needs to make a cameo like yeah. you know like just like accidentally run into Candyman and be like huh well you look familiar just walk yeah. away <laughs> i wanted to like in like the new halloween movie like you know i i wish like uh like dick warlock the second michael myers mm-hmm would uh would have made a cameo like he walked he walked by myers and myers didn't kill him and dick warlock looked at him and gee that's a nice mask i had one just like that just walked away you know yeah this would have been cool yeah i think that would have been cool too or even just like confronting the protagonist or something i don't know some kind of like stan lee style cameo or something um that'd be that'd be cool but yeah we'll see what happens with that uh i'm excited to watch it february 7th if you have shutter which you should if you're a horror fan uh then you'll be able to check it out so all right let's get into the meat of the show here why don't we in the first segment of the episode the cult corner so this week's cult corner is going to be related to uh the last holiday that we had uh celebrating you know ringing in 2019 we're gonna be talking about new year's evil evil That was actually that was hilarious, dude. That, that honestly, like, I watched this shit in sixth grade when they used to have it on Fearnet. Mm-hmm. I was watching New Year's Evil and fucking Black Christmas and all those old slashers. And this one though, like, I, I remember this one specifically because of that. Yeah. Dude, that guy was pretty weird. I like that that voice changer. That seemed that seemed pretty ahead of its fucking time. Yeah. No, I guess they did it before Scream. Yeah, there was actually a, a reference when they like first heard his voice with the with the modulator or whatever, mm-hmm. and they made a reference to like calling him the Phantom, but it wouldn't be the Phantom that you're thinking of. It'd be the Phantom of the Paradise, the Brian De Palma movie, and the guy like uses a voice changer, and he kind of sounds similar to that. He's just not like so, you know, goofy with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but that was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, this movie came out in 1980, directed by M- Emmett Alston. This is when the slasher era first, like, sparked, you know? Yeah. Like, this is when it got moving. Yeah. I feel like this one was, like, pretty low-key, though, because I knew about this movie, but I never really, like, watched it. And I don't see it talked about a ton. Yeah. Um, But it, it's a very interesting movie. I mean, it's definitely got the 80s vibe to it. But it's not really, like, your typical slasher movie. It is not. And I don't want to like give away too much if you haven't seen it but i just think like the whole structure of like the killer's like story is very interesting because he's like isn't masked until the end and you don't 
the thing is, he's masked, but you don't know who he is in relation to like yeah. the rest of the fucking characters. Mm-hmm. But you you see his face like really early on into the movie, so like you have a face to the killer, and then yeah, later on at the end, there is a pretty nice twist that reveals who he actually is and why he's doing what he's doing. But yeah, essentially, this uh, one lady who's like a talk she's not like a talk show host but she's like she hosts like these live events with like rock music and stuff and she gets these weird calls on new year's eve (laughs) yeah and this guy's like i'm gonna kill everyone close to you and stuff like that you know so she calls the police and everything and there's this whole investigation and really the rest of the movie is just like you following the killer as he like hunts people down at every stroke of midnight so it's it's an interesting premise actually. Still hasn't been copied or replicated or anything. Yeah, not really, but this movie was definitely riding on the whole like success of Halloween and the whole oh, yeah. holiday slasher type thing. Oh yeah. But it, yeah, I thought it was an interesting concept. I think the whole like story of the killer was pretty interesting. I mean, what else did you like about it? Uh I I just liked like it was super 80s. Like, right off the bat, you see with those, like, rocker douchebags being mm-hmm. being assholes to that security guard. And, like, everyone's listening to rock and roll. And everyone's a fucking probably, probably a cokehead, you know? Like, yeah. it's just the 80s vibes from that movie, man. Like, uh, I thought the the kills were, you know, simple. Uh, the very first few, I think, they didn't really show much, you know? Mm-hmm. It didn't show, like, the knife going into the body or the neck and blood squirting out. It was just... I like the subtlety of the first few kills, and then uh, the dialogue was just kind of. Uh, you yeah. kind of see that there's something wrong with the chick's son right off the bat because he's just wearing pantyhose on his head and like putting lipstick on himself while wearing panty or whatever the fuck he was doing. Yeah, you know, and you're like, huh. Well, I thought that he was gonna play a bigger role than he kind of ended up playing, just because they placed so much emphasis on him at the beginning, and yeah, made him like appear weird as shit. Yeah, he <laughs> which was, he was he, he was in a few other 80s horror movies too like he was in uh blood rage remember that one movie i told you about uh where like he killed someone when he was a kid or something and like oh that was the same actor yeah it was oh. him and like they they sent away his twin brother you know even though he mm-hmm. did the murders because he blamed his brother or whatnot huh interesting yeah i mean that yeah that guy was cool but i don't think his character was really that interesting the kills were like kind of iffy to me because like on one hand i felt like they were kind of more realistic but at the same time for like a slasher movie i didn't think they were very like innovative or anything like that oh no they were just plain kills uh, you know simplicity and yeah i don't know i don't like too much gore you know like Mm -hmm. i like the subtlety that halloween had and black christmas and even texas chainsaw massacre the original didn't even have that much gore it was just super subtle but I mean, you know, this kills still in those movies are like pretty iconic. Oh yeah, I wouldn't really say that that was the case too much with this one. The first kill I thought was actually pretty good. Well, not not the shower, but the nurse one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty all right. Um, for the most part, I didn't really care about that too much. I was kind of more invested in like the actual story and who the character was, so I thought that did that pretty well cinematography and the score for me wasn't really anything like too innovative or or memorable but i think the the big drawing factor of this movie is the whole premise yeah yeah i think uh the fact that they saved like 
because we didn't know the motive at all. You know, mm-hmm. we just know that he was just, you know, killing women at the stroke of midnight, like in every time zone or whatever yeah. the hell he was doing. <laughs> but, you know, when you kind of get to the end and you figure out why he's killing people, you're just like, really? You know, like, yeah. I'll say this, like, I don't think the movie had that many really impactful moments. No, it didn't. You know, because, I mean, with the reveal, the, even the reveal of, like, who the killer was, was very just, like, it was kind of, like, just a smooth transition, and then you just kind of realize it, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was funny. So, Richard, <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting, because, like, I didn't care about it, but then again, I thought it was kind of slick how they, they did it. That's what I thought, too. That's, yeah. what, that's what I told you to watch out for. I was like, wait till the end. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely a redeeming factor, but I just... I don't know if a lot of other moments in the movie had that much oomph, but I totally get why it has the status that it does. Oh, yeah. I think I read in like one article that this is like the perfect uh, kind of just like late night movie. Yeah, I would agree. It's I mean, that's that's how I watched it. I mean, I was I was 11 years old. I was just it was I was on winter break, you know, from Ms. Jenkins class. <laughs> and it was it was like around Christmas time. And I had I had or, or like that's when I had just gotten Comcast digital cable mm-hmm. when they had Fearnet, and I just I was like New Year's Evil, and I read it, and I was like, "Fuck it, let's watch it." It was a free movie on Fearnet, yeah. And uh, I was when I was a kid, I don't know, like I, I liked it a lot better, but like nowadays, I like I like the slashers where there's like actual an actual killer guys, you know, like yeah, like an actual like a masked assailant or something like that, and. There's not that many shots of him and like mm-hmm. the kills are like out of the blue. They scare the shit out of you, you know, so. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, this movie isn't like a giallo, but almost kind of in the sense that it's really rooted to like just reality kind of. Yeah. You know, aside from the dude just being fucking weird. But <laughs> but other than that, I mean, yeah, pretty much, you know, because you can't really look at something like Halloween or Friday the 13th and say that too much because there's like you know a seven foot tall guy just murdering people in like a captain kirk mask or whatever the fuck you know or like freddy even so but but this movie was not that at all it was very much like you know if it didn't have the horror elements this would have just been like kind of a drama yeah honestly yeah because there's a lot of like this like family shit going on with like the main characters and which was unnecessary i would have took out that whole family thing just for like Mm-hmm. more like that's a mystique to the movie i mean i guess we didn't know who the killer was but like at least in relation to the other characters but we knew yeah. who he was you know like it's kind of yeah at least have like like i don't know if you ever saw sorority house massacre mm-hmm. that was a great fucking slasher yeah. so it was you know slumber party massacre and mm-hmm. all these other massacre movies like i would say did it did it better than this yeah i mean i agree with it and you know i don't want to seem like we're just like shitting on this movie no i like it i do like it i mean it's definitely not like one of the better slashers to me but no no it's just kind of like that low-key cool slasher movie with like an interesting premise you know and like a nice twist at the end yeah and you know i thought like the acting was good yeah there was there wasn't like hey what are you doing like you know like from fucking killjoy like yeah and and like the writing was questionable just kind of like in the scope of things but it wasn't bad i didn't think you know like it flowed pretty nicely uh so overall i mean it was it was a it was a decent movie and i think the the 
wacky premise is definitely what gives it the kind of cult status it has. But oh yeah, and this one's definitely, definitely a cheese ball classic. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like weird moments. Like at the very end, I'm not gonna spoil what happens, but like the the killer gives this like he recites this shit from apparently like Hamlet or something, and it just. <laughs> It was ridiculous. I was laughing because I'm like, I don't understand why he just said that. Hey, crazy people, bro. You can't yeah. predict them. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on New Year's Evil. I mean, I think it definitely deserves the the cult status for for being what it is. But it's not my favorite slasher movie, but I think it's a good late night watch. No, it's like in the same category as like, you remember Savage Weekend? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know? Yeah, kind of. It's just something you put on. Yeah. It's no tourist trap, though. No, no, no. I, I was going to say I like this movie better than I liked Savage Weekend, actually, but uh, definitely not better than Tourist Trap. Yeah, Savage Weekend just had a lot of... It had a similar premise, you know, dad yeah. and angry and killing, you know, whatnot, but this just had more, more going on consistently. Mm-hmm. Savage Weekend was just like, all right, we're waiting, we're waiting, yeah. <laughs> we're waiting, we're waiting. Hey, look, a kill. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I mean, despite all the fucking, you know psychically controlled dolls and shit and tourist trap the the, i felt like it was just more interesting of a movie in general i agree yeah yeah but but yeah that's uh that's new year's evil if you have checked this one out let us know what you think i feel like it's still pretty underlooked uh not a lot of people know about it but it is on amazon prime if you have it it's it's free with the subscription so go check it out if you're looking for like a cool interesting little late night slasher movie yes but we're going to move on now to our main segment. Before we do that, let's hear a couple words from some other awesome shows on the Sports Radio Detroit Network. All right, Fred. So the people at Sports Radio Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow. I want them to cut me a check for Parsons and Slow. Well, um, I've, I've Googled some keywords, and I'm going to uh, put them here in a promo. So, so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah, uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available or will kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast, brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. <laughs> Because I feel like a salad tossing might feel good. What? (laughs) (laughs) Out of Bounds Detroit Podcast. Tuesday morning and Friday mornings here on SportsRoadDetroit.com. We just saw the newest 2019 horror movie, Escape Room. Yes, we sure as fuck did. Now, I think it's safe to say that this is the first big horror hit of the year oh yeah and i was gonna say uh spoiler alert at least toward my feelings on it i'm glad that the first horror movie i watched this that came out this year wasn't shit yeah um this was not a bad movie no i didn't think so at all so i think for the most part everybody knows this is a pg-13 horror movie and there's been a lot of criticism lately on you know making movies pg-13 and i'm gonna say right off the bat I wish this movie was rated R. Yeah, I was I was going to I didn't even know it was PG-13. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really give it off, you know, because there's still some 
not like gory parts, but you know, there's some brutal parts in this movie. Uh, but there isn't really like any excess gore or any, any nudity or anything like that, but, uh, or even really any like swearing or anything, but, uh, it is PG 13. I do wish it was rated R because I think the concept lends itself to just being as creative as you possibly can. Oh yeah. And that leads to cooler, like gory deaths and stuff. So I wish that they were able to take more advantage of that, but it was still a fun movie. It was a fun movie. Like that's that's the thing that's been missing from like a lot of movies lately. I want to say was like the fun factor and like mm-hmm. they 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 like nowadays they focus on making movies more complicated and allegorical rather than enjoyable. It's like yeah. now like nowadays critics are fucking pieces of shit. Like <laughs> if your if your movie isn't like a giant metaphor, then it gets tore up. Like you know mm-hmm. like and if there isn't like a character suffering from PTSD and internal struggles like just show me a fucking horror film and that's what this was yeah basically so i will say there are a lot of comparisons to this movie and this is one of my criticisms i'll get into this later but this movie was kind of a mixture of a number of movies saw the belco experiment cube it had elements of all that stuff Mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of what escape rooms are I guess, you know, it's just this one big puzzle as you go through these different rooms and stuff. But this movie, of course, takes a different spin on it because the players in this escape room are, you know, they they do not know that what they're being subjected to is like some real horrific shit, like they can die. And they're all like trauma survivors. Yeah. As you find out, you know, gradually through the movie, so some Final Destination kind of (laughs) vibes, you know, but... Yeah, basically, these people get together. They're invited to this random, mysterious escape room experience. And then as they, like, slowly go through it, they start realizing that all the rooms uh, are, like, trapped in such a way to where, like, if they don't figure something out in time, like, they could die. One of my uh, one of my problems with this movie was mm-hmm. that uh, when they would solve these mysteries... Like, they would find the solution, like, last second, and it would be something that just popped up, and they'd be like, oh, yeah. look, here. They didn't give the audience a chance to try to figure out what the fuck was going on, and that's what I didn't like. Yeah. There I was, mean, like, the puzzles weren't that, like, interesting, you know? Like, I like being able to, like, put pieces together, and this movie didn't let you do that. That's what I didn't like. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll say this. Basically, I agree, because what they did, essentially, was they... It was kind of how it was written, but they made all the solutions to the rooms like just random shit that one specific character would be able to solve because it relates to their life somehow, you know, like their past. Yeah. And that's basically all the solutions were. So I completely agree. The The actual puzzles weren't tremendously interesting. It was really all just about like their personal struggle and their story. Exactly. So I kind of wish that it was like, more of a balance of that and just like actual like you know just random puzzles to these rooms Mm because i feel like that would have introduced i don't know just more suspense i think yeah i felt like there wasn't uh i felt like there wasn't too much suspense like Mm -hmm. when one of the characters was gonna get it you know fucked by the room like you kind of like you kind of knew like kind of spoiler alert but i'm not gonna mention her name like when that bitch just like fucking dropped yeah like like you knew she was fucked because like she was the first one to go up and start climbing and trying to look Mm -hmm. for shit you're like oh this is her room you know and then you're like 
she's not gonna make it though yeah yeah it was just a lot of like really dramatic just things put in i feel like to progress the story you know almost kind of cheaply you know just just those like writing decisions to where it's like all right let's just do this to advance the story but not really do anything very interesting or or even that makes sense you know so even the ending i was just unsatisfied with the ending yeah kind of the the ending was definitely setting up for a sequel so we'll talk about that in a little bit but um yeah i feel like there was just a lot of i'm I'm trying to look for the the right words to say this but just a lot of uh stuff that was shoehorned in just to move the story along basically yeah you know just take the easy way out i guess is what i'm trying to say so to me that's kind of lazy writing but luckily you know the good part is that yes it was a fun movie the visuals were all pretty cool i mean i think the way that all the rooms were constructed was awesome even if the puzzle solutions were you know not that great yeah um or a little unsatisfying but yeah it was cool i mean the movie was shot well i thought the acting was great i really love the the actual cast that they have we have deborah ann wool from true blood fame tyler the bean who uh was one of the uh, hillbillies in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That was the fat, the fat guy, the dad. Yeah, yeah, guy. the one with the heart problems. Yeah, he was in uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Hilarious guy. I, I knew him. he looked fucking. I still gotta watch that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, dude. Uh, Nick Dodani, who plays Zahid in Atypical, he's in oh this. yeah, yeah, that's the first dude I noticed. Yeah, he's he's hilarious as well. I'm glad he was in this. Uh, Logan Miller, who plays Ben. There's there's a good cast list. Um, Jay Ellis, who plays Jason Walker, the kinda antagonist of the movie, I thought he did great. He was he had probably the best performance, in my opinion. I like I liked uh, that one chick, the quiet one. Yeah, Taylor Russell, who plays Zoe. Yeah, I really liked Zoe. Yeah, she was good. I actually liked her as the um, as the main protagonist, which is basically what she becomes. But uh, there's something I don't want to spoil it too much, but you know she kind of goes through a change in the in the film as most of the pretty much all the characters do, but for for some reason it felt like an awkward change to me, you know, like an awkward evolution of her character. Yeah, she went from being the quiet one to I got it, and like I solved everything. Yeah, in like a second, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you're trying to survive in like a situation like that, it's you know that can kind of take over you, but it still felt kind of forced to me. I didn't know if I liked that very much. So there's a lot of just kind of holes in the writing to me, which is why I think knocks off like a decent amount of my like final score of this movie. But uh, but overall, I thought it was done well. And I mean, it made $18.2 million against a budget of $9 million. So this movie is a huge success. Oh, yeah. They doubled their fucking budget so. Mm-hmm. Ba- so basically there was an article on bloody disgusting talking about this film and the start of a potential franchise so basically without giving away what happens in the ending it does set up for a sequel potentially now i'd like to know like your thoughts on a sequel or a potential franchise to this <sighs> it's just gonna become like saw like after part i liked saw one through three yeah like those were like good after that it was just like okay i get it there's a guy and now he's not there anymore and he had someone yeah. else take over the legacy and then jigsaw was kind of like a refresher for me so i don't know as far as escape room yeah let's let's do it fuck it let's see my whole thing is just you know two three movies in total okay 
but this is basically diet saw you know it is and as a pg-13 movie i mean you know like i said it's fun but as a pg-13 horror film and as something with like kind of a restrictive premise to it you know i just don't know about like a whole franchise like two three movies max just to get to like the the deep you know parts of the story because there's this whole like shadowy organization thing behind this you know yeah maybe to get to to know more about that but i don't know it just already i think that would kind of ruin the mystique of it like yeah but what else are they gonna do like they're just gonna throw another group of people into like another set of escape rooms okay and then just have uh that'd be, that'd be cool i guess for another movie if they have some pretty innovative ones but i mean what else are they gonna do you know fucking crossover like in the next one we find out who's behind it and we say we see hello bill <laughs> for years you've been taking people's lives you know some yeah. it's fucking john from saw like, i mean if they made it rated r i'd fucking watch it you know? oh yeah <laughs> i mean we'll probably watch the sequel if it comes out anyway yeah i just hope that they either do that or they you know progress with the story of the of the survivors of the first movie i'm not going to tell who they are but i mean i think that that's the more like natural plot for for a sequel but i just don't want it to become something stupid like you know it's them and they've got like laser guns and they or they start trapping people in other escape rooms yeah, or some that bullshit would, like that, you know? no i don't want that. i don't know i feel like this could have been a cool just one shot movie it probably will become a franchise so as long as they keep being creative with it i think it's gonna be all right but i think this is something that's gonna like lose its luster kind of fast i know? think so just like saw did like i said yeah but the good, the good thing about saw i think is that throughout most of it it was at least kind of an interesting story oh yeah you know like just piecing everything together and all the like twists and surprise reveals and all that kind of stuff i don't know if that's going to be the case with escape room so i'm kind of iffy on it but we'll see fuck it i mean why not just give us another one and this one will probably talk shit about it yeah so overall i did like the movie i thought it was a pretty good ex- a theater experience but i think this is one that you can wait for like on blu-ray or something i don't think you like absolutely have to go see it no you don't you don't have to yeah it was it was fun but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a groundbreaking fucking horror movie like yeah this has been done before yeah like you could probably skip a week and then like maybe go see it or or just wait but that said it was a huge hit it's the first big horror hit of 2019 so with its success i mean i think that you know we are still seeing evidence that horror is still continuing to grow and be big so oh yeah that that's a huge thing for me but i mean if i had to give a final score for this movie i would probably give it i don't know three out of five maybe two and a half out of five it was good but it wasn't like really that innovative or anything i was gonna say like for me out of 10 i'd give it like a i'd be more generous if it was out of 10 probably like six out of 10 okay sure yeah yeah probably the same (laughs) probably the same maybe six and a half i mean it wasn't like bad or anything but it's not really anything that we haven't seen before and i think it's cool for like a one-time watch and if you watch it again then it's like 
something to put on in the background, you know? Yeah, you're not going to want to watch this movie more than once, honestly. Yeah. Then, it's not like Saw. Yeah. I mean, it's like Saw, but it's not as good as Saw. But there aren't really that many, like, little intricate, interesting details that you can, like, find no. in the background of this movie or anything like that. Saw, yeah, kind of, because everything kind of connects together, but... I don't really think that this is going to be the case. I think if this does jump into a franchise, it's going to be something very similar to Cube, where it's just like kind of the same thing every movie, but they start digging more into like the whole secret organization or whatever. I don't know. I guess we'll see about it. Do you have uh, anything else you want to say about Escape Room? Yeah, no. I mean, it was a fun movie. Like, if you're if you gotta go, if you want to go like with a chick to the movie theater, you know, this is this is your movie. Like, go, you know, watch it. You know go have fun after but this this is one of those like this is one of those hey fuck it let's go watch it movies like it's not like yeah yo i've been waiting for this for so long like no (laughs) yeah this isn't gonna scare you i mean it might put you at the edge of your seat it's it's got its suspenseful moments but yeah it's not really scary no it's it's not scary it's more of like a mystery Mm -hmm. kind of thriller yeah kind of a thrill thrill ride with with some puzzles kind of you know but not nothing really that intricate no no it's pretty much mm. it's an average movie let's be real yeah yeah i would say that's pretty fair so uh that's what we think about escape room let us know what your guys' thoughts are on it if you have seen it i will say though one last thing real quick the director adam robitel i think he's got a fantastic future ahead of him i actually didn't know this but this is the same director who did the taking of deborah logan oh is it mm-hmm. oh shit yeah and then he did uh something else as well like a sophomore movie was something uh pretty popular as well but uh yeah i hope nothing but the best for the guy congratulations on your success with escape room uh but right now we're gonna shift gears into our very last segment of the episode and it is the chopping block (laughs) so this week's chopping block is about none other than bird box The last real big horror movie story of 2018, Bird Box, dropped on Netflix at like the end of December, and it's been pretty much all I've been seeing on social media. Yeah, all the memes. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's all I've really been seeing is memes. Yeah. For some reason, this movie took like Facebook, especially by storm, and I've been seeing some stuff on Instagram and Twitter and shit too, but Facebook in particular, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Bird Box. That's only because people like to, honestly, they just like found like the next thing to like ride the wave and yeah, this was it. Yeah, it was, you know, Sandra Bullock. I mean, we talked about the movie, but even at the time, like where we talked about the trailer and stuff, it wasn't, there wasn't that much chatter about it, but it is Netflix and uh, they have an awesome marketing team. (laughs) So the marketing for this movie was, was huge. And as soon as it came out, a lot of people talking about it. Uh, so Sandra Bullock plays this lady in a post-apocalyptic version of Earth where there are these creatures that basically if you look at them, you see like your worst fear and then you just want to commit suicide. Yeah. <laughs> so there are like tons of people dying and she has to like try to escape and like find refuge out in the world. So she has to wear a blindfold in order to survive basically because she can't look at anything or else risk killing herself and she's got these two kids with her so the movie kind of has these like scenes that jump between each other 
or these two storylines that jump between each other. And one is like Sandra Bullock and the two kids in the future after everything has happened. And then the other storyline is kind of like a flashback to like when it's happening. Yeah. Like every five minutes, Yeah, not every five minutes, but like every 20 minutes you get to see what Sandra Bullock is doing with the kids. And then as the movie progresses, you get to see how she got to that point in time. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, let me start this off by saying this is not a horror movie. <laughs> Well, it, it is a horror movie. Nuh-uh. It, it is. It Nuh-uh. is. Because even though you can't see these creatures, there are still monsters in this movie. And if that were happening in real life, it would be a scary situation, I think. I mean, this movie is basically a quiet place. Just, you know, not you can't talk or you can talk in bird box but you can't look you know it's basically the inverse yeah i I think it's a horror movie i mean it's more of a drama than anything just because of how the movie is done but it is kind of a horror movie kind of uh let me rephrase that it's a horror movie but it's not scary yeah which it doesn't have to be to be a horror movie it's it's not atmospheric at all yeah that's what was kind of was missing like the whole like the vibe wasn't like a creepy one yeah. it was just like hey we're in a, it's like some walking dead type shit you know mm-hmm. that's what i kind of didn't like yeah um it's like the walking dead that's all that this is <laughs> it's it's definitely got that kind of atmosphere yeah it's sandra bullock did a great job though amazing yeah. actress one of my favorites last movie i saw with her was the heat <laughs> with her and yeah. uh Melissa McCarthy and I fucking I love that film. I love Sandra Bullock. I loved her since I was like a little kid. Like mm-hmm. she's just probably I would say Sandra Bullock is my top five like favorite actresses and she did a great job in this. Uh when she uh spoiler alert because you should have seen this fucking movie already. You kind of see like this internal struggle when she like tells the kids that one of them has to look and then like, you know, her mm-hmm. her son offers to look and then uh her like her adopted daughter or whatever. Yeah. Uh girl there i'll just uh, no yeah now we could just be like boy girl oh, yeah so boy was like yeah you know i'll look and then you know her that being her son she's like no i get to choose who looks mm-hmm. and then you kind of think she's gonna be all selfish and be like let's make the other person's you know kid look yeah and then she's like no i can't do it i, I kind of like that was probably my favorite part of the movie i thought was that it was little, hilarious that little internal struggle or when that fucking crazy dude like they let him in and like he started yeah. making everyone look outside that was probably like the the climax of the movie because that's yeah. when shit changed that's a that's your stereotypical even walking dead hey what could go wrong let's let this guy in and then when you let him oh no he's yeah. crazy like yeah the, the group dynamic was very typical because you had that one person that's just very like angelic and innocent they're like well we should help everybody and then it leads to their downfall then you basically. get then you get the only smart person fuck that guy mm-hmm. i can't believe they didn't listen to him yeah, bro, John Malkovich. Yeah, they should Fucking, have listened to John Malkovich. Yeah. I mean, he did play, like, the asshole character, but everybody's that, right. Like, he was... The asshole characters are right. usually right. Yeah. He was like a... He was like this This movie's Shane from The Walking Dead, you know? Like, yeah. He, he would, like, go to extremes to protect the group, though, like, if he didn't, like... Yeah. Because, you know, he is an asshole, kind of, but he's intelligent. He knows that by surrounding himself with competent people that you know it'll help him survive too but as soon as you start introducing like all these 
random strangers that you don't know, you know, you don't know their capabilities, then it can lead to problems. And he's trying to avoid that. And I completely understand that. But yeah, that whole group dynamic did really kind of remind me of The Walking Dead. You know, you have all these like, you have like the the leader, you know, played by Trevante Rhodes. And then you have like that weird knowledgeable guy, you know, the, the pudgy black guy. Yeah. Uh, Lil, Lil Rel Howery as Charlie, you know, just has this like weird random knowledge that somehow relates to the situation and shit. And there's like the kids, you know, it's that whole like typical group dynamic that we've seen. Yeah, in, it's that it's that apocalyptic yeah. group dynamic. Yeah, like every post-apocalyptic horror movie ever, that's like the exact characters that are in it. Oh yeah, they're they never there's never just like ten assholes. Now we ain't letting nobody in. Yeah. Fuck you. I mean I'm sure there's people out there like that during the apocalypse, but this focuses on the one group that's like, hey, maybe we should help people. Yeah. Fucking idiots. I just want to see some like post-apocalyptic horror movie where it's just about like some completely random group of people like just like six cyber goth raider ravers or something you know there's, just, a, there's like a chinese guy there's a goth yeah there's like a there's like a ceo of a company he's just with them there's like a, a little kid with like one arm there's like uh there's like uh who what else can we have there's like three white dudes from like the Ku klux klan you know oh so God. it's just like awkward the whole time you know oh like the, like a realistic dynamic because like if you run into people during an apocalypse, you wouldn't just be like, okay, here's the smart guy, this is the angry... You wouldn't just find one of each fucking personality type. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but they had to do it for the ease of the story, I guess. You know, and Sandra Bullock plays, like, the the tough, badass, yeah, like... she's a... Woman, you know. She's the equivalent... Not Michonne from The Walking Dead. She's Daryl. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, Andrea, but... She's Daryl, for sure. Yeah, sure. Because she's like the fucking badass out of everyone. So Yeah. I mean, I thought her character was kind of cool because she had that whole dynamic of like she was pregnant, but she didn't really want to be like a mom, you know, and stuff like that. So I thought her character was pretty cool. The the other characters were very kind of typical, but I just didn't know. I I didn't like that. Your boy and your girl. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I guess like because she didn't want them to get used to being people because they were gonna die or yeah whatever. that was the whole implication but even then i was like man this whole ass person just came out of your vagina just at least you could like give him a name you know boy <laughs> gosh i love you so much boy no come here boy like come on man and she named she ended up naming the girl olivia mm-hmm. i forgot what she named the boy though uh i think she named him after like her man Oh yeah, or whatever. Tom. Yeah, the Rick of their. Yeah, the Rick. His name was Tom. Yeah. Really, they give they name the black guy Tom. Uh, I suppose. That's kind of, you know, like Uncle Tom. That's kind of like. <laughs> oh. That's what I'm. That's like, man. I think they did that shit on purpose. I swear, because mm-hmm. he's like the protagonist, and like, he's like, you know, they didn't give him like the stereotypical personality that they try to give all black people in movies, you know. But they yeah. still called him Tom, like. Yeah. I felt like that was that was fucked up. Like I just realized that that's <laughs> fucked up. Fuck you guys. I, I didn't think about that until you said it. So yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you, Bird Box. Yeah, and also I don't know about like the whole. I don't want to give too much away, but there's there's a relationship in this movie, and I don't know that I completely believe it. But whatever. Which relationship between the like the two main characters? Oh yeah, yeah. like like they didn't even ha- they didn't even bond that much. Yeah, it was just kind of like, hey, you're here. 
I'm you're here. You're a woman. Yeah. I'm a man. That, that's what it seemed like. They I didn't, mean, I guess in the apocalypse, then that's what happens. But. I mean, yeah, if you're stuck in an apocalyptic situation and like you're like the dude of the group and there's like a chick in the group. I mean, people have needs. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna do nasty things. Yeah, gotta, gotta repopulate, right? I guess. Yeah, just the two of you. <laughs> the whole world, uh, just you two. I don't know. But yeah, there is definitely I mean, I thought that the the premise to this was good. This is actually uh uh adaptation of a novel by Josh Mallerman, who is a Michigan native from Ferndale. Ferndale yeah. yep. So represent big props to to Josh Mallerman come on the show we'd love to talk to you that would be dope that would be dope i mean we're like not too far away from you i mean bro. his life is probably like never gonna be like okay again because he's probably just gonna be on the road all the time now oh yeah he's just gonna he's gonna be out there getting yeah. super praise for sure yeah i mean probably writing more stuff that gets you know made in the movies which you know by all means do it but bird box as a movie itself i you have to watch it just because I think it's it's the hot thing now. You know, it also we said this I think when we were watching it too. It was a pretty good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, but as a horror movie, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I would say it. Okay, it's a horror movie, but it's not my kind of horror. Like, yeah, I need atmosphere. I need freaky vibes. I need a lot more suspense than what this offered me. Mm-hmm. I also need cheese. Yeah. Like if if sometimes. So well, yeah, I mean it depends. Most of the time there wasn't that much cheese in this film. No. Uh t- t- we needed more I didn't like the score. Yeah, the score just felt very like blockbuster drama to me. Yeah, you know? honestly, like Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I was watching fucking Narnia like with this <laughs> fucking score. Yeah. Uh good cinematography. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have seen the monster. Or the spirit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, the whole thing was that you weren't supposed to see it, and if you saw the actual monster that they were going to go for originally, like the makeup, it looked stupid as fuck. Did it? Yeah, it was just like a giant man baby with like weird skin. It it looked stupid, which I'm sure was not, <laughs> which was not the intent of Josh Mallerman's original idea. I'm sure. So I am kind of glad that they didn't show it but at the same time the way that they portrayed these creatures i think was pretty dumb leaves yeah (laughs) it was just like some swirling uh that was probably my least favorite thing about the movie i don't care if you don't show it but you can do that in other ways to where it's like actually suspenseful or scary you know like they've had movies where they didn't show like the yeah. antagonist, you know. Evil Dead, perfect example. Yeah, the, the fucking you know floating fast camera, you know the POV camera. Like, yeah, you could do something like that. And they should have because a lot of movies took that too. Like, mm-hmm. look at Night of the Demons. That did the exact same thing as Evil Dead, and yeah, that shit worked. You didn't see the entity itself, but you seen it. You saw it overtake people, like we saw in mm-hmm. in Bird Box, but we just didn't see Bird Box is like. A lifetime movie combined with the Evil Dead, combined with like a Quiet Place, combined with that M Night Shyamalan movie that was just <laughs> the the, like, the Happening the or happening, whatever, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. I was gonna say, but I, I think all those movies are better than Bird Box, but not the Happening. The Happening sucked. Yeah, the Happening was <laughs> bad. Yeah, Quiet Place was definitely better than Bird Box. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, I think Bird Box was a pretty okay movie, but as a horror movie, my, I was missing a lot. My, my least favorite thing about Bird Box is it was cliche. Let's let's not pretend it yeah. wasn't fucking cliche. Yeah, I mean, th- there wasn't any really innovative stuff in, like, the screenplay or anything. Oh, yeah. and guess what they also had to have? The 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 human antagonists. Oh, I'm look, we all have guns and we're going to, yeah. you know. And then you have, like, the, the for some reason... Every fucking guy that's the main character in these fucking films always wants to just sacrifice himself. Yeah. They have to be the dramatic hero because otherwise you're not going to have anything to cry over. I don't know. (sighs) How about cry because the world's falling apart, not because this one fucking guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was going to say, I think this movie is horror in like pretty much premise alone, honestly. I mean, I think it's missing a lot of those other elements. Again, I haven't read the book, so I don't really know how the book is in, in terms of like being scary or, or being tense or anything like that. But I think they could have done a lot of things different with this movie to make it more suspenseful or I'm sure the, the book is like way more like interesting and yeah. a lot better because well, like you leave it all up to the imagination. And exactly. I'm sure my brain can come up with more fucked up scenarios than, you know, just some director. Yeah. And I mean, plus with this like entire premise you know i think that just in written format like it's i don't know it just invites more creativity you know like and you can just kind of get into it more you know it doesn't explain exactly what's happening you don't just see this pathetic you know dance of leaves (laughs) and shit yeah so i mean this in like a visual format i don't know to me it just doesn't work if they use some like different camera angles or something maybe but yeah, I felt like, uh, oh yeah, uh, here's one thing I want to say to directors of horror. Stop making every fucking horror movie a soap opera. Yeah. Walking Dead turned into a fucking soap opera. This was a fucking soap opera. Yeah, this didn't really need to be either because it was like a normal two hour long movie. You know? like, I'm, I'm down for apocalyptic movies, whether it be, even though I'm sick of them, zombies yeah. and all that stuff, but... A Quiet Place did a better job than this. And I don't know. I felt Bird Box was just really lacking in, the, in like, the, the scariness. You know, yeah. like it, it was just way too soap opera-ish, man. That just really bothers me about movies nowadays. Is there, like, dude, it's a horror movie. It's already dramatic. You don't need to make it into, like, a Lifetime movie. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to, like, I think to go off of that, the whole, like, you know, interjecting the the flashback and like what's happening now like every next scene you know and on and on and on i think that took away a lot from like the the entire atmosphere and the suspense and everything too because you're jumping back and forth like oh we're on the river oh we're back at this guy's fucking house you know with everybody i wonder what happens now and then like the whole ending of that flashback scene was was very much like I was talking about taking the easy way out with the writing, you know, making things convenient. That's what I was looking for. Making things convenient to progress the story. This movie did that in the dumbest, biggest way with that entire end of that whole like flashback part. I don't want to spoil it, but I hated that. I did too. Uh, A lot of people were complaining about the ending. I liked the ending. Yeah. Because it's one, either that's the end or two, Oh, great. We got another sequel coming up. 
Yeah. Okay, let's see what happens next. Or they lived happily ever after. Or they eventually died and we just didn't see it. Either way, I'm fine. Yeah, that that's kind of the only options. I'll, and a lot of movies have been taking that route of like, here's this entire story and we're going to give you hope. And then like the main character and everybody they love dies suddenly at the end or something. Yeah. You know? um, and I mean, I don't personally really like that because if I'm invested already in some characters or whatever, then I want to see, you know, something good happen. Right. Even though it's a horror movie. And that's, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I, I also kind of liked the ending to this movie. I didn't really think that it was worth all the complaint. No, it wasn't. I don't know what people are bitching about. That was a good ending to a horror drama. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I think. I mean, I kind of want to say it's chopped, but at the same time, you should probably watch it. I mean, it's a decent enough flick. I would say it's not chopped, but scoring this movie... 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I have to deduct at least a whole point myself just for the lack of real horror elements. Yeah. But I know that the intent was there. It is a horror movie by all accounts, but it's, it is really more of like a of like a soap opera drama. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, so just approach it kind of knowing that but. i i when when we sat down and we watched it what was it last week we watched it or the week uh before? i mean the, week, the before. week before yeah i was ready for like a horror movie like yo they can't look outside otherwise this mm-hmm. demonic presence fucking engulfs their soul and makes them descent into madness like you know, yeah like, <laughs> i mean it is a cool premise but i just you know I, I don't think that the the movie format just really allows for that to be that great because then you want to see what it is you know and when you do what this movie did with that it just kind of falls flat to me you know it kind of seems like overly goofy in a movie that's supposed to be very serious that's that's the best way i can describe it yeah i mean go check it out if you want a really emotional movie you know like yeah character development great cinematography great score meh uh acting great sandra bullock still hot i love sandra bullock great acting by her one of my favorite actresses but uh yeah that's all i got to say 3.5 out of 5 not chopped for me and uh if you're looking for a good action thriller (laughs) soap opera like the walking dead then yeah go check it out i mean it is the hot you know horror movie i guess right now apart from escape room so this movie is like 80% dialogue. Yeah, it really is. It's just a lot of like people yelling at each other. Yeah, and like <laughs> your stereotypical struggles in an apocalyptic movie. No, mm-hmm. we can't do that. You're being an asshole. I'm not being an asshole. I'm a realist. You're not a realist. Uh, outsider comes in, ruins everything. God mm-hmm. damn it. See, I told you, you idiots. Yeah. Oh, no, now we got to leave. Yeah, Fuck. It, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty standard, but... We still think it's worth a watch, so go check it out. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, you can give us your thoughts and comments on all our social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on Twitter. Or you can go check out our website, gravediscussions.net. Go check out our stuff. We're going to be resuming the, the weekly shows, and uh, we hope that you all had a happy new year. We'll see you next week on Grave
discussions. <laughs> Evil. This has been an SRD production.